The hybrid model is really this ability for users to access visualization, compute graphics, and storage, no matter where they are across the internet. Welcome to our first season of the Teradici podcast series. On this season, we'll explore the whys and how-tos for a successful remote gaming studio with AWS and AMD. Your host is Alyssa Poon, Partner Marketing Director. On today's podcast, we're talking about innovation in game development and why you should consider a remote game studio. My guests today are Michael Deneff, Director of Cloud Graphics at AMD, Diane Williams, Senior Business Development Manager at Amazon Web Services Game Tech, and Ian Main, Technical Marketing Principal for Teradici. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today and offering your expert advice. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Hello, this is Michael Deneff. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about moving game developers to the cloud. Thanks, Alyssa. Yes, I'm really excited to be here with Diane and Michael and talking about game development in the cloud. So many of us have been working from home since the pandemic began, and our IT teams have had to adapt to the situation pretty quickly. Diane, now that offices are starting to reopen, what's driving game studios to reconsider how they deliver computing resources to their staff? So I think there's quite a few things that we can take into consideration. The first and foremost is talent. Studios can now retain their top talent by offering the flexibility to work remotely just as effectively as they would back in their studio. They can additionally source new talent from anywhere in the world and onboard them remotely to get them up to speed quickly. Additionally, they now have access to powerful virtual workstations. When you look at game development, project requirements around compute and storage can be incredibly demanding, and the flexibility of the cloud allows studios to spin up those resources that they need on demand. Additionally, these resources can directly connect to other backend production systems such as Perforce and Incredibuild. Studios can basically extend their production environment globally across 24 AWS regions. And then finally, security. I mean, IP security is super important and working on the cloud reduces the risk of data leaks as no data is ever stored on a local device. Thanks, Diane. That's really insightful. Two years ago, nearly every game developer was working at an office. What does the future look like for these studios now? Michael? Well, I think the future is really exciting for a number of reasons. Number one is we've changed our way of working. I think we've all gotten used to working in remote locations at home or coffee shop, and then kind of isolating in the office as well, and figuring out how to move from one place to the next. And this is a prime scenario for cloud-based computing and game development. So having, having that flexibility primarily, secondarily is being as creative as possible with as many people as possible. So game development is really around collaboration. And when you're collaborating, that person that you're collaborating with could be anywhere in the world. They could be right next to you in a cubicle or down the hall, or they could be on the other side of the world. And cloud is optimal for collaboration. Essentially, you're on the same cloud platform like AWS, and you're collaborating with people that may not be in the same time zone, but have the same skills and expertise. Ian, do you want to add in there? Yes. To add to that, I think what has been proven over the past 18 months or so is that it is possible to do this high-performance work remotely, whether it's creative work, whether it's DevOps. And you know the systems are resilient and available to support these workflows. And we, there's many examples of studios out of necessity who move away and corporations have found that people are productive, 
security is being met and employees are happy because of the flexibility. So I think these are all motivators that are going to keep this trend going. And I think we'll move to this future, which Michael is alluding to, where we get to collaborate a bit more, perhaps with the hybrid model, where there's some in-person work in conjunction with this remote development. And I'd like to add on to that. The other thing that is really, really important is that game developers are used to some pretty substantial hardware, namely, you know, big workstations under a desk that is essentially rendering pixels, doing the hard development work at a technology level. And we're getting to the point now with a lot of these cloud-based workstations. So they are these are essentially workstations in the cloud that have the same graphics and CPU performance that you have under your desk. This is new and different. And being able to rely on the cloud-based workstation to be able to crank your development work, do your rendering, do your pre-production, post-production, all your animation is now readily available. And Amazon Web Services have those on AMD instances. There's two instances that were just announced, G4AD, and they're based on the latest and greatest graphics processors in our product lineup at AMD. Thank you, Michael. Diane, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I would just add to that, that rarely in game development is a game made by one studio solely in one location. Larger publishers often have multiple studios and contractors that are helping them, collaborating with them to build the game. Even smaller teams might have offices, but some staff might be 100% remote. So having the ability to collaborate in the cloud, regardless of location, is really critical and key. Thanks, Diane. Ian, maybe you can help us a little bit here by just introducing or talking about the technology that game studios may be able to leverage to set themselves up in a hybrid work environment, because that may be the way some of these studios begin their transition to the cloud. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we've been talking here about a hybrid work environment, and I think that's uh, even a concept that may be unfamiliar to those who are just used to having uh, game development workstations under their desks. And of course, for many reasons, security, which Diane already mentioned, is problematic to have you know those assets under your desk. So those assets are much more secure in a cloud. And there's been a long transition in many industries to get those assets off your desks into the cloud. So big enterprises have big compute resources. And and they've been moving to remote computing on-premises over several years. And this is partly because of that data security. You can make a secure content network. And in the movie industry, which is akin to the game development industry, they have many practices and established processes for making sure that content is secured on-premises, private clouds, or and increasingly public clouds too. So we had remote workers and artists working on remote computers on-premises. And as the public cloud and Amazon has added these compute resources, so render farms and other high compute needs have moved to the public cloud. And because it makes more sense to move the workstation closer to that data, this has been led by the movie industry again, but now the game development industry is following. It really makes sense to put that workstation alongside the data in the cloud to get that highest interactivity. So now we have the combination of workstations on premises with remote users accessing those, and we have public cloud workstations. So this hybrid model we talk about is users having access to both on-premises resources and public cloud resources. And this provides all sorts of flexibility, elasticity, and all sorts of benefits. And as we've moved and found out through the pandemic, 
We also get the ability for remote workers to access these resources, be it uh, on-premises or be in a public cloud. And so we need infrastructure that gives the user a seamless experience to select one type of compute resource based on their needs. And this gives us that great flexibility in choosing resources. As Michael mentioned there, we can choose a compute resource that fits the need and not necessarily have to buy expensive graphics for a particular use. You just can fire it up for a particular project. And so the hybrid model model is really this ability for users, no matter where they are, to access visualization, compute graphics, and storage, no matter where they are across the internet. Thanks, Ian. So flexibility is a big component in that decision-making. Diane, what else should CEOs consider when they're choosing their technology strategy? So I think first and foremost, studios need to consider their sort of game development process. And we've talked a lot about this already, but it's really about location of your team. Is everybody in the same city? Is everybody coming into the office? Or is that team spread out in different parts of the country or even the world? Does the team use other studios to help co-develop the game? And where are those resources based? Has the studio encountered challenges finding and retaining talent or even ramping up new talent onto the project? Lots of big projects, it's really about velocity and onboarding and that ability to keep the momentum going during the development process that's critical to sticking to that schedule. So all of those things need to be considered when you're thinking about on-prem versus cloud. From a cost perspective, studios need to shift their IT planning and their spending. Traditional game production planning and costs, they're pretty well known. Shifting aspects to the cloud obviously changes the equation. Since with AWS, you only pay for what you use, the expense becomes an operating expense, and you can optimize that cost over time and dynamically shrink or grow whatever capacity the studio needs at that given time. And we've actually found with our customers a 31% reduction in average infrastructure spending versus prem. Additionally, infrastructure management can be reduced given the nature of the way AWS works. And then as we've talked about previously, security Security is critical and it's very important and having things in the cloud really does reduce that risk of data or IP leaks. I'd be interested to add, just to add a bit to what Diane said on this idea of subcontracting, which is critical to the game development industry. And of course, subcontracting across all industries, the future is really looking bright from a security point of view, because of course, security and subcontracting potentially have friction. But many industries are moving to the zero trust model where you don't necessarily have any implicit trust between users and machines or machines and other machines. And that explicit trust, which is being built out across industries and And in the movie and game development industry is being guided by the Movie Lab's 2030 vision paper. This allows a secure supply chain, which means that the investors in movies, productions, games are all able to, with confidence, know that the studios and their subcontractors can all efficiently and securely work using the zero trust principle so that, you know, you can have your resources being accessible to subcontractors without any leaks happening. And adding to that is the concept of in your subcontractors, you're constantly doing onboarding and offboarding, meaning that you may bring on a pool of subcontractors to do, for example, animation. And once that's done, is that you would need for them to kind of log out of the secure data set. And the cloud does that really well. Basically, when you come on board, you send them a link to their cloud desktop or workstation. And when they're done, that link expires. So the cloud is really well set up for that type of environment. Thanks for jumping in there, Michael. I actually have an additional question for you. You touched on animation and that is part of subcontracting work. What kind of game development workflows can move to the cloud? And what impact does the choice of the GPU have on the individual user? 
Right. Well, the good news is that just about every part of the game development process is available in the cloud. So the developer then needs to understand what their workflow is. So typically, idea creation and core concept work doesn't necessarily have to be in the cloud. You know, that is very visual and can be done on Zoom meetings and, and that type of things. But when you get into things like pre-production and actual production, and especially things like testing, Testing done in the cloud is very efficient. And essentially, if you're going to spin up a number of instances to do extensive testing for a particular game or a game set, cloud is optimal for that because those instances are basically, you can rent them for the hour or for the day or for the week. And then getting into the launch of the game, making sure you're fixing bugs, and then final rendering is done very well in the cloud. So you can render in a batch format in cloud. You just spin up a GPU instance that has multiple GPUs that can really render very quickly and get you to market quicker. Uh, to answer your, your second question, what kind of GPU would you like to see in the cloud? Well, preferably one that mirrors what you have on your desktop or workstation PC or home environment. And it's good news there as well, because essentially iterations of those GPUs are now in the cloud. They typically have the same driver set, same plugins, they support the same operating system. So moving from your on-premise workstation, for example, running Windows or Windows Server to a cloud-based instance running the same operating system is relatively easy to do. The other thing to consider is the applications themselves. So if you're running an extensive game engine, you want to make sure that the performance in the cloud is representative of your performance on the workstation. And the good news there is that all the testing for those engines have been done and the environment in the cloud is as good or better than your existing workstation because the GPUs in the cloud are the latest and greatest, and they may be more current than your existing GPU in your workstation. So you're going to get advantage or get to take advantage of having the technology that is kind of state of the art when you run your workloads in the cloud. So Michael mentioned uh, performance, and of course, I think this begs the question about user experience. You know, is the user experience for all these different use cases the same? And this is really important because you really need to make sure that you don't get support calls based on that performance not meeting the needs of your end users. And unlike traditional desktops or virtual desktops environments where Corporate IT can get prescriptive about what types of computers you use. When it comes to artists and game developers, these are talented people who really need to make sure they don't have any friction between what they're doing and the actual resources they're using. So you really need to make sure that the performance they get and the user experience meets their needs. And then the question becomes is, do all of them need the same user experience? And if you look at it, we were talking about game testing, unit testing, and DevOps in general. You know, as long as you have a resilient and available system, you can actually be working on a virtual machine that's transcontinental because that 100 milliseconds latency is okay for that type of tech-centric work. But when it comes to cinematics or rigging or modeling or things like that, you need to make sure that your artists are, you know, within sort of a 50 millisecond latency window. And I would just take, for example, North America, divide it east-west and make sure that your resources are that close to you so that those types of use cases are fulfilled with resources close enough to the user. Now, when it comes to fine art, like you're working with Photoshop, 
you need to make sure that the users have a experience almost as if it's local because there's nothing more frustrating than a creative person getting having the technology get in the way of their art. So in that case, you know, the rule of thumb is perhaps you divide North America into quadrants and make sure that you have a data center within that 25 millisecond radius. So the bottom line is that when it comes to creative users, their needs need to be fulfilled from a user experience point of view, which is different to sort of corporate task workers. And the good news is, of course, Amazon Cloud has data centers worldwide and so that you can typically get access to resources that meet these needs. And you'll be finding out a bit more on this topic of user experience in the second podcast. Okay, that's great. In your conversations with studios, Diane, what's the decision they struggle with the most when they're thinking about moving development to the cloud? That's a great question. And I think what studios struggle with the most is, is frankly, where to start. Michael had mentioned earlier, just pretty much every aspect of the game development pipeline can be moved to the cloud. And you know, it can be workstations as we're talking about now, it can be source control, it can be your build pipeline, rendering, QA, the list goes on. And what I would say is don't try to do everything at once. Studios need to sort of evaluate where they're at, what their studio is about, as I talked about earlier, the way they work with other studios. Take advantage of the POCs, like the one that Teradici is offering right now with AWS for virtual workstations, and just ensure that it works for your studio and for its development process. Diane, are there any resources that can help a studio get started? Absolutely. So the AWS Game Tech website has a ton of resources available around game production in the cloud. That includes webinars, use cases, blog posts, customer stories. So really a lot of information for studios to learn more about the various aspects and how they can get started. And we'll have AWS assets available on the Teradici landing page. So thanks everyone for your expert advice. I really appreciate it. Before we go today, Michael, do you have any last piece of advice for our listeners? Yeah, sure. I think the cool thing about the cloud is that there is very little downside to at least giving it a try. It's not as if you're, you need to go off and buy a $5,000 workstation to figure out if that has the capability to do your development work. In the cloud, you can spin up an instance for under a dollar, a dollar an hour to run a workstation. So there is very little investment. A lot of it is just time and understanding and what the resources are. And Amazon Game Tech has all those resources and they're more than willing to help you get started. So give it a try. It's uh, very little downside to trying it out. And I think in the long run, you'll appreciate the capabilities that the cloud has to offer. Ian, over to you. Yeah, what I really love is when people, for the first time, try a remote connection to a data center that's you know several hundred or even a thousand miles away with some high performance virtual workstation, and they get this local user experience. You know, some people who who've used to old VNC style protocols, they don't understand that you are working on these really high performance graphics on a pay-as-you-go basis, and your user experience is as if it was local to you, but without all that overhead and maintenance where AWS is taking care of those headaches for you. So it's fantastic. Ian, are there any examples we can point to of studios that are already on this journey or have gone remote successfully? Yeah, I mean, Teradici has a bunch of use case studies of studios that are going remote, large and small, by the way. So we have studios who sent their workforces home and appointed them to machines back on premises. And now we're seeing, I think of studios like Firesprite as an example, out of Sheffield in the UK, the entire studio was 
immediately moved remote. But now these types of studios are starting to augment their local resources with cloud resources. I think Relic Entertainment is another one. And you know, of course, we have all sorts of engagements and customers now who are looking into how AWS is going to support their uh, game development journey. Diane, did you have any last piece of advice for listeners? So I really think hybrid work will be the new norm going forward. And, you know, given the nature of game development and all the things that we talked about earlier, the benefits of moving to the AWS cloud and the benefits that are offered in terms of agility, cost, elasticity, and, you know, the ability to deploy globally and in minutes all support this new way of hybrid working and really allow companies to innovate faster and make the best games that they can make. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Diane, Michael, and Ian for joining us today. Please remember to visit our asset library for more information and to subscribe to our podcast series at tierdeach.com slash podcast to hear more about this topic. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our Teradici podcast series. Don't forget to visit teradici.com slash podcasts to subscribe to our podcasts and review our asset library. 